Conversation about butts while doing any South this weekend. God, I should have been there. Yeah, I like to talk about butts. Yeah, it happens. Was it because you were they were trying on jeans? Jean shorts, yes. Yeah. So I was I was teaching people about the proper cuff. You know how I feel about a proper cuff. Oh yes, we we actually talk about this in another episode. Yes, we do. Yeah, because I'm can change everything. It can change everything. So. Truly, yeah. But anyway, so. I always think of the outsiders. <laughs> when I think of a cuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very true, but pony boy. <laughs> a, good, a good pony boy cuff? Yes. <laughs> you got to hide your smokes. <laughs> and yeah, and your switchblade. <laughs> yes, I always need a good place to tie my switchblade. You never know. This is America. <laughs> I'm packing packing blades. <laughs> Not quite heat, but I feel like I'm not very loud. You're loud. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I think we should kick off this episode. We've had a couple of shout outs that I would like to. Yes. Yes. In the podcast community. The podcast community. The pod circle. The pod circle. The first, um, Hex Files Collective. Yes. Which is a podcast. Um, that a couple has, of spooky girls. Yes. And they have been uh, shouting us out since the beginning, since we launched. So we just wanted to... Super say, supportive. Yes. They've been very supportive. So thank you to them. Yes. And um, they Oh, are, I think their Instagram is at Hex Collective. Yes. Yeah. Or their Instagram is Hex Files Collective. Okay, well, thank you for yes. that because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and they are a mixed media collective for your dark side. Yeah. And then um, I would also like to shout out the Heebie Jeebie Babes yeah. podcast, fellow Georgia girls. Yes. Ellie Mae and Nora, who gave us a shout out on Twitter. They're a horror news podcast. Which and Ellie Mae was what we were going to name Layla. Oh, really? And Nora is my dog's name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we are already kindred spirits. There you go. If it gives you the creeps, then we have the deets. That's there. I love it. That's so on, cute. On Instagram. I mean, on Twitter. So, but yeah. So, thanks so much to you creepy girls for giving us a shout out. We really appreciate it. I, I actually just, listen to their podcast. You yeah. know, I don't. I yeah. hate to say I don't really do a lot of them. I just do the ones that I know about. And yeah. this is one of them that I like. And you just don't have a lot of time because you have a three-year-old. I don't even listen to our podcast. I know. So. <laughs> like, Truly. You, yeah, I mean, you, I will tell you, like, you don't have to listen to this one. Like, I try to yeah. tell you, like, the ones that you... All I have to do is piss you off. <laughs> and then you just don't edit out what you know I want to edit out. And I would not know. <laughs> And then everyone hates because, me. I mean, I know you just don't have the time with, yeah. with Layla hanging off you all the yeah. time. So. And, a, and a, um, probably not a high enough prescription of Adderall. <laughs> so that's just the way it goes. Yeah. 
Um, and then also uh, Go Postal podcast. Carla and Michael read yeah. drunken ramblings and anecdotes peppered with history and fun facts from around the world. And they are so funny. I love it. That's one of my favorite like palate cleansers. Just yeah. when you need a little break from the... From morbid <laughs> from funeral stories yes um and um but yeah so they're very funny and they've been super supportive ever since we di- we discovered each other on twitter yeah. um also rock candy yeah. podcast which is one of my favorites they they're are cool i've been listening to them for a while now and um have some exchanged some emails some some twitter messages with those girls and they i've been listening to them for a while and actually i was listening to their episode on andrew wk when i oh, i love andrew WK. <laughs> i know you know i asked him to prom <laughs> really i did and he sent me um a letter like a, a nice letter with an autograph and he said he like basically explaining why he wasn't going to be able to take me to prom because my prom was on this day <laughs> but that he was sure i was going to be beautiful and he couldn't wait to see me and he ended up like giving me ticket put me on the guest list for his show in jacksonville and like pulled me on stage and yeah he's great oh my gosh i did not no, know that. andrew wk is literally the best human yeah to ever live he is so amazing and like yeah. i've listened to him but didn't really know that much about him until yeah. the episode but that was the episode i was listening to when I like my grandma had just passed away and I was leaving her house like kind of you know that like getting out of the house for a moment when my mind like broke open and I started writing her eulogy and so like it's probably because of Andrew WK's energy like exactly yeah I haven't listened to that episode I want to listen to that one and the Kesha episode oh the Kesha episode and the Missy Elliott (gasps) is one of my favorites yeah, I gotta listen. Because like I've always loved Missy Elliott, but I had no idea what a remarkable human she is. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. god, she is like a feminist fucking icon. She really is. Like she is. I feel like these girls. I'm gonna get along. They get with it really. Sure. Well. Yeah. Well, and hopefully we see them in Nashville on yeah, August 25th. That would be really really cool. So if yeah. anyone's in the Nashville area, come out and see us. We'll be at the Rock <laughs> Pod Fest. Isn't it August 25th? I believe so. we might have Layla with us. We might not. <laughs> I think we should dress uh, Layla up like David Bowie. I think that's great. And just that's awesome. Take her with us. You know, she'd think she was fucking beautiful. She'd just call herself Star Man all week. Or, ooh, we could do Dolly too. <laughs> oh. Get her a wig and like, oh, yeah. yeah. Or you could you could be Dolly. I'll just be Dolly. You'll you'll just yeah, be Dolly. That's it. Dolly solved. and David. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> what a great duo. Who would I be? Um. Oh, like uh, Joan Jet. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, definitely. And then we can have. Oh. See, Gary can be um, like Garth Brooks. <laughs> Who would Seth and be? Oh gosh, Andrew WK. There you go. <laughs> give him some good energy oh goodness so but yeah thanks girls um and then also cactus skeleton who has a youtube channel um and she discusses health death positivity and um she's out of the uk so definitely check her out um but yeah, she gave us a shout out on Twitter as well. So that's awesome. I think that's all of our thank yous. We appreciate all the support from the community we've gotten so far. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, that's that. That's my thank you list. Yay! Yay! Thanks, guys. We love you. Um. So we appreciate it. We're oh, gonna do this some- episode. Yes, this episode is listener stories. So we have more listener mm-hmm. stories. Yes. And I'm gonna start because I got um well. 
not I, we got um, a... I got... Thank you for listening to my podcast. (laughs) I came up with this idea (laughs) because I grew up in the bereavement industry. (laughs) She's like shooting mind bullets at me. Um, Okay, so um, we got this email and I say... The reason I said I got it was because she, she talks a lot about her daddy issues. So I thought, you know, I we emailed back and forth for a little bit. And she was a really cool girl. And I hate that I can't tell you guys more about what she does because it's pretty top secret. Um, confidential. But I hope that gives you just enough. Yeah. To think, wow, <laughs> I really wish she knew. I really wish we knew. So anyway, um, her name is, I think believe it's pronounced Yazi. It's Y-A-S-I. And if I'm messing that up, I'm really sorry. I should have asked for clarification on that. But anyway. So her email reads, Hello, darlings. My name is Yazi, And like many listeners, I'm also a part of the funeral industry. I am a licensed funeral director and just recently became licensed as an embalmer. I'm a wife, a woman of color, and pretty much one of the friendliest faces you'll meet when you walk into my mortuary. I sometimes have to remember to tone down the happy when meeting with families, which can be hard heart is in all caps i guess that would be weird if you're like hey guys so happy to have you here and they're like our dad died i could see how that would be a struggle <laughs> um she's that said, would not be a struggle for me hi guys yeah no, that's, that's never not my happen. Issue. nope this is i should never work in a funeral <laughs> no ever Uh, she says I get asked why I'm in this line of business quite often and my answer is always because I love what I do and consider myself blessed to be in the position that I'm in long story short I've been fascinated by funerals since I was a little girl beginning with the ancient Egyptian art of mummification Mm. I know whenever we went to the public library I would always ask my mom to rent the videotape of the reading rainbow episode about mummies (laughs) thankfully she didn't ever question it Lamar Burton I know good old Lamar Back when America was Take wholesome. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. It's on Netflix now. <gasps> oh, did yeah. I watch it? No. No. I, I don't know why, actually. <laughs> she will. I'll make her. Yeah. She'll watch it. If I hype it up enough. <laughs> She said, uh, thankfully, she didn't ever question it. I eventually discovered Victorian funeral customs, which remains my favorite subject of all time in this field. Can I please find a morning dress like Scarlett O'Hara someone? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until around middle school, early high school that I found out that I could I could do this for a living. I'm fortunate enough to say that I haven't faced much opposition being in the, the business so far. The most negativity I've received going into this has come from my family, mostly my father. Born and raised in Iran and immigrating here during the revolution, he wanted more for himself and his future family. He didn't want his daughter to get involved in such a dirty occupation and would have rather me become a teacher or some sort of academic professional. He and I haven't been on speaking terms for some time, and I'm curious to know what he would think now. Casey, I relate to you on so many levels, and your story about seeing your dad for the first time in 10 years had me in tears. You have such a tender and sweet spirit. I absolutely feel your pain in all of this. I feel that I'll experience something similar when he passes or if one of my relatives on his side passes. I'm so sorry you had to endure the pain, the years of abuse from him. Know that I relate and am in support of you protecting yourself and your family no matter what. And I really appreciated that. And we emailed a little bit more and mm, I, yeah. she explained a little bit more about her situation. I don't want to read that because 
it's private but yeah it was um i those connections i i want to say like real quickly like going into that like I've been amazed at the number of people reaching out about their shitty dads. Dude. Like, I mean, I've, yeah, I expected like having a, you know, a podcast about funerals. Yeah. That people would maybe reach out about like their loss. But the number of people like it has astounded me and like yeah. humbled me. Yes. The number of people that have reached out to you specifically because you're the one. I mean, you're the one that had that experience. Sure. Sure. And I mean, humbled me in the way that like how lucky I was that like even though I lost my dad to have such a good dad for the amount of time. And I've always said that before like it's the my, basis of our friendship yeah exactly <laughs> right? and like I've always truly said that to like like when I've talked to my friends who never knew their father or friends who had crappy dads that you know I feel like I'm lucky that I had I feel like my situation is quote-unquote better, better yeah. in a way I, I agree with that because 11 years with almost 12 years almost 12 almost 12 shy of 12 yeah. yeah almost 12 years with a really great father or a lifetime with a really horrible father i mean it sucks yeah oh my god to lose your father but i mean it's still neither like, would be great during those yeah but during those developmental years i've still had a great father yeah. that helped me develop yeah into a you know in I all mean, the ways that i needed to and so the basis anyway, of your self-esteem yeah it's just yeah. really like made me like my jaw drop the number of people that are so like when father's day has come you know recently and it's funny because you know with gary and i both having dads yeah. are, like literally we were sitting at the <laughs> restaurant and he looked at his phone and he goes huh it's father's day tomorrow <laughs> and i went oh god i guess it is and we just oh, went good. back to eating dinner and like you know because it's just not a, a day yeah. it's it's not a day that really makes me sad mm-hmm. it's not it's just another day on the calendar for me really at this point but like to think about anyway it, it just really was something i didn't expect with all of this like the number of people that have to go through that so yeah well and i think that's it goes back to the whole like funerals don't have to just be for when someone physically dies it's right. the ambiguous loss the um the um emotional presence physical absence mm-hmm. that whole ambiguous loss ambiguous yeah. grief so i think the people that have reached out and the people that uh have even just people that have sympathized people that yeah. don't even exper- haven't experienced it just across the board just it, it's helped me heal a lot yeah i hate that people have gone th- and i said this to yazi i said i hate that people have gone through this i hate that you've gone through this but there is it makes me feel better knowing that people get it and that there's this community if you're going to have to go through it at least you know you're not alone yeah exactly and and first we she and i talked about this a little bit too but for so many years i had shame i was ashamed Mm -hmm. of this but there's so many amazing people that have shitty dads so yeah just because we are you know genetically 50 percent doesn't you know nature versus nurture there's a lot of argument there right so i mean (laughs) just because i'm 50 percent piece of shit doesn't mean i have to be a piece of shit so yeah anyway anyway it does mean a lot and i love it um so she goes on a little bit more about what she does, but mm-hmm. she says, uh, I work for a corporate funeral establishment and am restricted to the mortuary side of operations. Once in a while, I'll assist other departments with their work, which gets me out of the prep room and face to face with families. 
It's always interesting to observe how people handle their, their own grief. There really isn't one way to do it. Some of the saddest services I've experienced are for babies, children, and young adults. Preparing them for a viewing or service always puts a lump in my throat. I'm also always shaken by suicide victims. I personally have never known anyone who has died from suicide, but still seeing the aftermath leaves me unabashedly sad for both the deceased and their families. Interestingly enough, I haven't been to many funerals in my lifetime. I've assisted on more than I've actually attended, One event that still remains with me today is the death of my mother's best friend back in 2005. She was a kind, classy, bubbly woman who always prioritized spending time with her own family as well as her circle of lifelong friends. One of my fondest memories of her was when she she would host tamale parties around Christmas time, where everyone would reminisce about the days of yore while scarfing down the most delicious homemade tamales. She tragically died in a car accident while on her way to Mexico with her husband. I'm not sure of the exact details, but from what my mom explained, their truck overturned and crushed her while they were driving, Mm. which was around one in the morning. I was either already asleep or just about to fall asleep when my mom got the call, and I'll never forget hearing the sound of her sobs when the news was broken to her. The viewing took place at our only funeral chapel in my hometown of Chino, California. The evening is somewhat of a blur as I was 14 at the time. I remember approaching the casket with apprehension, yet I wasn't fearful of what to expect. She was the first decedent that I ever saw. She was placed in a casket that I'm sure was imported from Mexico since the rim of the head panel had a thin piece of glass on top to shield guests from touching her. Oh, wow. I guess I missed that the first time I read that. She had her hair, her makeup and hair done as as she did it, as she had always done it in life. I remember a distinct bruise over one of her eyes. People came up to speak during that time, including my mom. A rosary was performed at some point. I paid attention throughout the vigil, but was thinking of deep, sad words to a poem as I was going through somewhat of a goth face at the time. (laughs) The funeral was held at a local Catholic church the next day. I remember it was raining, and I thought how perfect it was that even the the sky was crying for my mom's friend. Hmm. The service carried on as a normal Catholic funeral mass would, and we then proceeded to the graveside at a nearby cemetery. My parents weren't speaking at the time, but I thought it was touching that my dad made it out for at least the graveside service. He will go on to this day about how wonderful my mom's friend was and what a shame it was she had to die so soon. Before the committal portion of the service, I remember glancing over at the casket and seeing the woman's sister lean over and hug the casket. My heart shattered. The reality of the situation was slowly starting to become more apparent to me. My mom's friend was gone just like that. After that, I began to have dreams of her appearing to me. Not like premonition-type dreams or anything, but they were significant enough to where I remembered them the next day. Sometimes I would be so overcome with emotion that even my mom took notice. They eventually subsided and life carried on, but I'll never forget the events that transpired so long ago. One last story that I'll tell is related to the death of a celebrity that I still admire to this day. Y'all asked us listeners about which celebrity death has impacted us most, and I responded with Selena. The rising Tejana singer, did I do that right? Say that right? I don't know. Singer who tragically died at the hands of her own fan club president. I was only four at the time of her death, yet it remains at the back of my mind. It must have struck a chord in me so much to make me interested in funerals, even from a young age. Growing up with a Mexican-American mother meant that Selena's music was bound to be played around the house. She told me about how on the day she died, my grandma, bless her sweet soul, called up my mom in the middle of her work day to tell her the news. She was babysitting me that day, and naturally my mom nearly had a heart attack thinking something was wrong, <laughs> enough with me to prompt my grandma to call her during work. 
Seeing clips of Selena's funeral make my heart heavy. She looks so pretty even in death and was buried in one of her favorite purple outfits that I've seen her wear in photos before. I read a quote from her husband recently where he described wanting to just crawl in the casket with her. I continually feel deeply saddened that her family had to endure endure losing her. I recall when I turned 23, which was the age that she passed, and telling my husband, who was my boyfriend at the at the time how sad it was that she never had a chance to live past the age that I was then I don't see any of this to put her on a pedestal but to reflect on my thought processes processes and how her death affected my upbringing to see someone so full of life kind talented and spirited die so prematurely is sad no matter what she is still loved by many to this day more than 20 years after her passing I would absolutely love to go see her final resting place in Corpus Christi someday Thank you both for allowing me to share my stories with you. Your podcast brings a smile to my face whenever I see that a new episode has been released. You give me much to reflect on as well as a good cackle here and there. Please keep doing what you're doing. Oh, and to answer the questions you typically ask of your guests. One, oh, when they do this. Me too. <laughs> me too. One, yes, I've absolutely thought about my own death plans. I need to get it down on paper in the event that I die unexpectedly, but I've put it off for a while now. Shame on me. I'd like to be cremated and have some kind of cremated remains scattered. If my family wants to keep some of me, by all means, they're welcome to. I'd want a viewing before being cremated and would like to be embalmed. Two, I'm not great with offering words of wisdom, so if for a loved one who is suffering from the loss of someone in their life, I would just show up and give them comfort and support. I'm a nurturer by nature and show my love by offering up hugs and a shoulder to cry on. Okay, I just thought how funny it'd be. You know, naughty by nature? <laughs> nurture by nature <laughs> so we can just coin that to her <laughs> number three hoo we my funeral jams I'm a huge fan of the band Evanescence particularly their lead singer Amy Lee who has been an inspiration to me in my formative years and even now as an adult I would request I would request that their song My Immortal be played at my funeral it's so beautiful and appropriate for the occasion I absolutely can't even even with how gorgeous it is, which is funny because I had not heard that song in years. And I, when I read her email, I was like, oh my God, I mm-hmm. forgot about this song. So yeah, I love that song. I do too. And anyway, she said, I'd also like Amy Lee's solo song, Speak to Me, to be played. I feel that you can interpret it to be about losing anyone that you're close to. My favorite lyric from the song reflects the perfect sentiment felt when one grieves. We are one breath apart, my love, and I'll be holding it in till we're together. Love always, Yazi. Oh, so that's yeah. such a good story. Yeah, so I I like her a lot. And um, yeah. once this episode airs, if she feels more comfortable with us telling more about yeah. what she does, that'd be awesome. Or yeah. maybe I'd like to have her a guest. Oh, yeah. We could just give her a new name. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's got a cool job. Yeah, try to keep her anonymous. Yeah. Possible. Exactly. She feels comfortable with. I don't know how we do that now that we've yeah, just no, no, did no. this whole thing. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that email. We yes. love you, girl. Okay. So I have an email from Craig, the funeral guy. The funeral guy. (laughs) Wonder what he does. (laughs) You get two guesses. (laughs) He's a baker. (laughs) Candlestick maker. Candlestick maker. He's a cobbler. (laughs) VCR repairman. (laughs) Booming industry, I hear. That's where we should invest. I hate us. I hate oh, us so much. I really hate myself we so suck. much. Oh my God. The funeral industry has been something I've had in the corner of my eye for many years. As a young boy, I'd be up late watching all the gory and fi- 
find documentaries on the old 29-inch Sony box screen TV. People would say, Craig, you shouldn't be watching that. But why not? I'm educating and surrounding myself voluntarily in something that was of great interest to me. So the years passed and, and I went from job to job, still with this image of one day doing this profession. My father would say, Craig, just do it. And so would my girlfriend and now my wife. In 2014, I accidentally became a qualified brewer of beers and ciders and found myself in quite a cushy job, which is really well paid, but it still wasn't what I wanted to do in life. By this point, we had a two-year-old girl, so I was more cautious about making big changes in my life. Then sadly, in 2017, my father passed away and I never got to tell him, hey dad, I finally did it. When he passed, he had been ill for a number of years and the pain was ever present in his face Aww. he became very tired and very worn towards the end of his time and when i would see him in the chapel at the funeral home i must say the embalmer had carried out a fantastic job oh good we were so happy with how dad looked looking like he did before his illnesses and finally looking like the pain had left his body for the first time since his passing i was feeling a slight case of acceptance and I left the funeral home in a rather happy frame of mind. The funeral was beautiful, and Dad got the send-off he deserved. A little over six months later, I thought to myself, time to stop with the hesitating and do this thing. So I applied as a casual at a funeral home in my city. As a what? Casual. Well, I don't know what that is. I guess it's... I'm not real sure either. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll research it. <laughs> I guess it must just be like just probably not a volunteer but like a like an hourly position okay i got the position and i've started my first week i absolutely love it from meeting families to helping the embalmer washing the vehicles to collecting ashes i love it the best decision i ever made and only a week into it i can safely say i will never look back i want to help people in their time of despair and need i want families to feel the acceptance i felt the day when i visited dad There's no matching when a family says goodbye and thank you. It really warms me. Maybe one day I can take a further step and try some embalming for myself. My name is Craig, and I have made the switch to the funeral industry after 12 years of messing around. So he's new to the industry. Oh, wow. Good job, Craig. I'm glad that you bit the bullet. Congrats, Craig. That's awesome. (laughs) The funeral guy. The funeral guy. So thanks, Craig. Your dad would be proud. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, definitely. I like that he got tired of fucking around <laughs> delaying the it inevitable. just shows you it's never too late it's not but it's and it's really easy to just not do not do it yeah a lot easier to it's not easy do it to get than comfortable it yeah especially when you have a kid yeah oh of course you're just like no i'm not about to tr- just give up this job and start something that whatever yeah. but following your heart is it yeah. usually pays off right usually good job craig okay so the next story is very it's a very special story that was written by my mother so my mother is a special lady the notorious phyllis the notorious phyllis brown phyllis with one l yeah her alexa that i got her for mother's day calls her phyllis and i'm just like god damn it God damn it. I tried to tell Alexa how to say her name and Alexa just like made fun of me. So, but really Alexa, you're the idiot. So you think you got me, Um, but she wrote this. My mom has so many funeral stories, but uh, she wrote this one and I I have it printed out and I was going to read it. Um, But 
before before we get started, I was going to, she talks a little bit about this, but this was written about her neighbor, Nancy Kicklider, who lived uh, behind her on what? She's, I was just, Gary's related to a bunch of Kicklider. Oh, really? I wonder if they're related. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, his granny Patsy is Patsy Kicklider. Kick Look at that. Kicklider. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nancy and Carrie, her husband, lived right down the road um, on the bluff, on the water, right on the marsh. Um, and they live on Camp Kicklider Road. Oh, yeah. So that's... Never thought... Wow, yeah. Yeah. Nancy's mom... I think it was Nancy's mom? No, no. Carrie's mom. One of them. Carrie's mom gave the uh, that land to a church. And so that's the church camp, Camp Kicklider, okay. that's behind my mom's house. But you can still see the water from my mama's back porch, which is technically <laughs> the front porch in the bluff. Um, or anywhere on the water but anyway so she was she was a lot older and so my mom when my mom and dad got divorced in I want to say 2003 my mom went to a high school reunion and against her will basically she went with her friend and she that's when she met my stepdad Eddie and Eddie knew who my mom was but mom had no idea who he was and so they fell in love you know whatever um got married and then my senior year of high school they bought the house at shaman bluff so this was 2004 when they bought the house. no i think they yeah 2004 2005 when they bought the house 2004 when they bought the house they got married in 2005 i believe i could be wrong who fucking cares <laughs> um, but that's when she met miss carrie or miss nancy and mr carrie who were 21 years older than them so they were really old but my mom was you know 50 so she was our, or 60 so my mom was already no almost 50 she was 60 when she died so they were already up in age but they were Mm -hmm. way older but nancy was a fucking firecracker so i'm just gonna read a little backstory so i'm gonna read that okay my mom says miss nancy was my neighbor for over 10 years after meeting eddie casey's stepdad he and i moved from waycross to a small fishing community called shellman bluff we bought a house on a street called camp kickladder road at the end of that road, right on the bluff, was a small house looking over, looking out over the river and the marsh. They tended their yard almost religiously. Speaking of religion, they didn't have much of it, but if they had to claim one, it would be a religion full of yard work, boat riding, drinking, and smoking. <laughs> Nancy was twenty years older than me, twenty-one years older than me, and spent the majority of her life on the bluff. She was full of stories and knew every single person that ever stepped foot in this neck of the woods. One of my favorite stories was about how people used to run drugs in the 70s in our community. Boats would come come up at night, close to the marsh, toss out bells of pot, and they'd wash up in the marsh. Then, at low tide, whoever they were intended for would go out and get them. Let me tell you, Nancy was a character. She could out-drink and out-smoke anybody I knew. Early afternoon at 3 p.m., she and her husband Carrie... Every afternoon at 3 p.m., she and her husband, Carrie, would stop everything for their magic hour that they called toddy time. Her drink of choice was vodka and diet Pepsi, but she'd also drink the hell out of margaritas and beer. Actually, if it had alcohol in it, she'd drink it. She damn sure wasn't picky about her booze. (laughs) So at this time, my mom was still working in Waycross during the week, and every Friday she'd drive back to the bluff which is about an hour and a half from waycross so she'd make that drive and just spend the weekend there so she'd usually get off work around two or three because she was a school teacher and she'd drive um school teacher sort of um special ed yeah so she get to like make her own schedule yeah so she would leave um from waycross and drive and then every friday 
she'd meet up with uh, Miss Nancy and they'd go to Hunter's. So she, my mom says, every Friday for many years, she and I went to the local pub Hunter's Cafe, which was an which was old barracks, which are, you know this, but mm-hmm. for people that don't know, uh, militaries have barracks. They're basically shotgun rooms with beds in it. Um, and these barracks were from Fort Stewart in the 1940s. It was moved to the waterfront in the 1950s and has been open as a restaurant since. It's Sethan's favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. He'll edit that out. <laughs> she said it was our local dive, just a short golf cart golf cart ride away, and every Friday we'd go and, ha- and had a few drinks or more. We sat on the porch in the same spot we always did. Hunters lets people sign $1 bills and staple them to the wall. There was one we signed that said reserved for Nancy and Phyllis every Friday night, and it's still there to this day, right above their seat. Aww. We'd sit and drink and watch people ride by on golf carts and pickup trucks. She would face the dirt road looking out over the marsh, and I sat facing her my back to the road. Once somebody rode by really slow, and she yelled in her raspy smoker's voice, Take a picture, motherfucker. It'll last longer. <laughs> this is like an 80-year-old woman. I said, stop it, Nancy. You're going to get our asses kicked. And she just laughed. There's lots of stories like that. Her husband, Carrie, died in 2011. She slowed down some, but still drank and smoked a lot. She got sick the summer of 2013. The doctor put her on antibiotic for a stomach issue. Like most people, she developed diarrhea and went downhill quickly and ended up in the hospital at Fort Stewart after two weeks. I drove, I drove from Waycross over there that Friday to see her. She was all doped up, but as always, still a character. While I was there, the nurse came in and asked her if she needed, needed anything. Pointing that finger at the nurse, she said, I need a margarita and a cigarette. <laughs> the, n- <laughs> the nurse looked at me with wide eyes, and I shrugged my shoulders and said, It is Friday night. <laughs> Nancy died a few weeks later after never returning to her beloved bluff where she lived almost her whole life. Mm. Many beers and bottles of liquor were drank on my porch in her memory the next few nights. I called in sick that Monday morning after a Sunday of memorials and testimonials by me and closest friends. My neighbor from Athens even drove down. Oh, her new neighbor. Oh, God. My Lisa. Her, one of her close friends even drove down for the weekend and the funeral. The family asked me to say a few words at the funeral, so of course I said yes. The funeral was in this small Baptist church here at Shelman Bluff early in the week. It was August and hot, hot, hot. I walked up to the pulpit where the preacher asked me asked me with a pen and sheet of oh I walked up to the pulpit where the preacher asked me to stand with a pen and sheet of paper notebook paper in my hand. The church was full. Some were devout churchgoers and some were devout devout barstool holders. She was known and loved by all. I told the people assembled who I was and my relationship with her. I had always heard every woman needed at least one good friend their age, one friend significantly younger, and one that was older. It's true. We receive as much as we give in those relationships. Nancy was my best friend. So here I stood, ready to share my favorite memories of my BFF to all these people. Most I did not know. Didn't matter. They all knew her. I said, I've been asked by Nancy's family to share some of my favorite stories of Miss Nancy, their mother and grandmother. So here I go. I then looked down at the paper in my hand and started shaking my head. Nope, I said. Can't tell that story in church. A few few chuckles were heard. I then crossed off the next line on my paper and repeated the remark. Damn, can't tell that one in church either. I then told a story or two, crossing them off my list as I went. Every few stories I have repeated. Man, can't tell that one either. 
y'all know her and know what a character she was. I almost felt like I was on a stage in Vegas doing a comedy routine instead of standing behind a pulpit in a Baptist church in Southeast Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) She was cremated and her urn was placed next to Carrie's at her house. The next summer, I went out in the boat with Nancy's daughter, Judy, and watched as she dumped out both urns of ashes into the waters of the Sapelo River. It was very emotional, but we made it through the event. It probably helped we were both shit-faced drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the story of Nancy Kicklighter and my mama. (laughs) It probably helped we were both shit-faced drunk. (laughs) And that's how she ended it. Yep, just as Nancy would want it. (laughs) As Nancy would have wanted it. So good. So thank you, Mama. Thank you for that story. Thanks, Phyllis. She's a, a loyal listener. Yeah, she is. She is. She she really is. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. So thanks, Mama. Appreciate it. Oh, Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Yeah, so that's... Uh, listener stories. There's our, there's our listener stories. Listener stories. Listener stories. So, yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to no. add to that one? My ass is going numb. Is it? Mm-hmm. I kind of need to pee. Oh, good. All Perfect right. time to stop. So, I guess... Uh, How quick can you think? <laughs> You better get one. Let's go uh, have a margarita because it all ends in a funeral. Bye, guys. Bye. Funeral Stories is produced by Seth and Molino, and music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories and on Instagram at Funeral underscore Stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting service. Thanks, guys. Bye.